Welcome back, guys. I'm Ellie. And I'm Heather. And, and this, this is, is Tea and Talk. Talk. Cute. So our second episode, everyone. Welcome back. Yes. Hope you enjoyed the first episode, but... Yeah. The audio was pretty, <laughs> you know. Not that yeah, great. we had some technological difficulties with some issues, so I had to have literally one phone sitting next to the other, playing it, and then recording off the other, so it was a little yeah, bit... Yeah, export on the iPhones oh is not that great, God. but... Ellie got her new MacBook, so we're recording on the MacBook this time, so that's pretty yes. good. So hopefully from here on out, the audio will be a lot better. <laughs> Instead of two, like, going from one phone to the next. Yeah. Ugh, not that yeah, great. Anyway. You know, it is what it is. Yep, it's fine. But, um, Get there in the end. Yep, that's exactly right. And, I mean, this week you're all a bit sick. I am a little bit sick. I've been sick for a week. It's not that great, but... We'll get there. It's okay. So if you hear any little sniffles or, <laughs> or a cough or something, my voice sounds a little bit hoarse, but that's all right. Yep. Anyway, everyone grab your cup of teas. Yep. I've got mine again. It's a white yes. tea. I'm um, black tea again. Yep. Except I'm really excited. So we went shopping the other week and I got myself a new cup. She's like, she's a really organic looking one. She. Love that. Yeah. She. <laughs> and she's like, she's a girl. She's like this beautiful blush pink. But it's, it's like without a handle. Yeah, you have like, like a thumb, thumb indents. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's real She's real special. <laughs> Gosh, the highlight of your week getting I a know. new cup. <laughs> it's the simple thing. Yeah, sure. Okay, so Ellie, what, do, what are we going to discuss for today's episode? Today, we are going to be talking about why we need to stop calling children smart. Okay, what do you mean by that? So when we call kids smart from a young age... It gives them this idea that they are labelled smart and are they better? Um, like early high achievers from yeah. a young age. So they, they, it just gives this label. And I guess as this, I don't mean this in like a self-indulgent or like any of that sort of way, mm-hmm. but I'd say that you and I are both probably labelled as smart. We are labelled as smart. We know that. <laughs> yeah. So academically um, high achievers from a young age. Yeah. So growing up, we've always had this pressure on us and just um, known by like our parents and our peers for being smart. And you really might... nothing much else. Yeah. It's, you're the smart kid. Yeah. You're the one that tries best. You're the one that gets the good grades. Yeah. So growing up with um, this from a young age, it puts a lot of pressure. I know I felt the pressure um, to then continue to... Um... To meet those expectations. Yeah. Um, academically it's not necessarily just expectations that other people have placed on us it's like the internal expectation like if I get a bad grade oh well I'm not good enough yeah because we've always had that always had that pressure always had that expectation placed on us it's never been like oh it's okay you gotta see that's fine you did really well though if we got to see, you know um, I know I'd be disappointed I'd be I'd be disappointed yeah I know I've got C's before and I've been disappointed And that's fine. C's are good. Like, I need to get that into my mindset. But also, the uh, external go, uh, teachers, if they give you a C, they go, oh, well, why did you get a C? Like, I know I gave you that C, but you just weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. Or your friends are kind of like, oh, a C. Oh. Or if they get a similar grade to you, which is completely fine. Everyone can get the same grades as us. And, like, we don't judge ourselves on other people. Yeah. It's your own battle not a battle it's your own um path that you're and journey you're taking through school so when other people go oh well I got a b say if you got a c 
Yeah, it becomes almost like this competition, like, well, oh, I beat the smart kid, you know? And it's just a lot of, like, judgment almost. Anyway, moving back on to the topic. This idea that you are smart, you feel like you have to continue to succeed. Yeah. And if, um, whether you stop trying hard at school or um, you other things interest you more or you just stop performing to that level... Um, it can be like a really hard thing to accept and for other people around you to be like, oh, well, aren't you smart? You know, it's it can be kind of damaging. So It's really damaging on your self-esteem and self-worth. Yeah, exactly. If you put everything down to being academically smart. Yeah, everything, putting all your eggs in one basket, yeah. as they say. So it's defined as, Heather, do you want to read this? So early academic success is like what, you know, making children seem and be labelled as smart it's early academic success is the accomplishment of the learning processes, gaining subject knowledge and developing employability skills at an early age. Yeah. So um, basically that just means that, yeah, from a young age, you are showing signs of high capability, um, both socially and academically. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like since when your parents and teachers see this or um, daycare or preschool teachers whatever it may be go, oh that one's smart okay and that it's labeled as gonna... smart and you have to continue with that you've got the pressure to continue yeah to live up to those expectations yeah. so we've both experienced it this like i've said we both probably labeled as um smart we are um on a daily basis <laughs> yeah so um we can talk about our experiences so, i know that i from a young age obviously like in primary school and stuff, you're seen as like, oh, the smart ones, you're always in the smart group. Um, so then going into year seven, um, I had this expectation of mine because people always told me like, oh, yeah, you're smart. So went into year seven thinking like... You're top shit. Yeah, like... Um, well, not necessarily in a bad wait. way. You think, oh, well, I'm good. I'll be okay. I'm going to do yeah. well. And it's like, oh, wait, there's a lot of other people doing well. You're still smart, though, in year seven, like when you get yeah. to school. But it's also like the... But it's the different style of learning, too. Because in primary is. school, it's just all about, you know, like going to split off into groups and read your ABCs. No, like, obviously a lot harder than that. But um, Reading groups, you know, maths groups. Yeah, so when you get into... Your ability. Yeah, when you get into year seven, you've got, like, slideshows and stuff, like, actual presentations, research, like bibliographies and stuff I had none of that so we I really had no experience with that in my primary school so I didn't actually get the best grades at the start of year seven really um well like a's oh okay b's. okay <laughs> a's and a couple b's wow um, <laughs> you know they're terrible isn't it Ellie oh see, gosh. like you'll even see through I still think this like you'll see through um the way I view my grades and my performance what I mean by how much pressure I put on myself and, like, my expectations for myself. Um, yeah, it's very the high, high expectations that you put on yourself. It's, like, A plus or um, nothing else. Like, yeah, literally. That's it. And it's stupid. That mindset is so dumb. It's, and it's so damaging as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. So, um, so once I received these bad grades, I was like, oh, shit, like, that's not as, bad, as good as I thought I'd be. So then I started to put in the work, and mm-hmm. then my grades started to improve. I started yeah. to get the hang of it. And then so I started to um, get good grades. So it was then it went to A pluses. So to put this in, into perspective, from halfway through year eight, so second semester year eight, all of year nine and first semester year 10, 
the only grade I ever got was an A+. Plus. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so a two-year streak. And then, um, well, when I say halfway through year 10, like just right at the end, um, I got a couple A's. What so I've broke my streak. So when I got my first A, people were like, oh, my God, you ruined your streak. Like I remember standing with my friends and then um, um, I told them what percent I got on my history thing and they were like, oh, my God, you broke your streak, Ellie. Oh, no, what are you going to do? Like um, You didn't get there. Yeah, literally. And then I, I got, like, the second highest percentage in the class. People were like, oh, my God, Ellie didn't even get first. Damn, that's a change. Like, how do you feel like you're not the best, Ellie? Oh, my God, somebody beat Ellie and like, for once. In like, that sense, um, if I was in that position, I don't really care. Like, I don't care yeah, I what don't... other people get. I'm trying my best with my own mindset to accept my marks. And when other people start going, oh, you didn't get the best, oh, you didn't get an A+, then it's when it hits you and that's when you start putting the most pressure on yourself and you start feeling like you've failed and everything's bad and it makes and it like shatters your confidence. Yeah. So I remember when I was this mid-streak, probably like a year and a half in, so like end of year nine, start of year 10, I'd be disappointed when I got like a 91% or like a 94%. I'd yeah, be disappointed. It's really damaging. And people would like my friends and stuff would be like, oh my God, you cannot be sad with that. But I'm like, the the high expectation I have for myself, like if I've been getting A pluses for the entire two years, if I got something, anything below an A plus, I'd be disappointed. And a lot of people didn't understand that. And, like, I know in myself that that wasn't a good thing for me to be thinking. It's silly. It's really silly. And we know that. We both know that it's silly to think that anything, I guess, less than 100% isn't good enough. And even sometimes when you get 99, 98%, I still feel like I didn't do good enough. I know. Like, didn't get the 100. Yeah. It's like, why? And it's like, it's real. It's hard to get 100%. Like, really hard. And it's really hard to obviously get more than 90%. Except it's that that constant drilling in of yourself yeah. and other people that you need to get 100% to be worthy. Yeah, so it mounts all of this pressure up. And then when I finally did get those A's, like, um, I people were telling me all of these things. Like, oh, my God, you ruined your streak. And that just made me feel so shit. So... I did put a lot of my sense of achievement into my academic success and I had this massive high expectations for myself and I never felt like what I did was good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really maintained this mindset of you have to be perfect regarding to my academics. Yeah, it's really hard. I've had the same, you know, need to get that really good mm-hmm. um, score to be happy yeah silly and it doesn't matter and like even with your friends I don't if my friends got a B and I got an A plus well my friends did really well and I'm not comparing my marks to their marks just because I technically got a better mark than them I don't care it doesn't matter they did really well they may have got a worse score than they did last time or they may got a better score than they did last time but they've still done really well yeah and all my friends are you know happy with their marks at C's they're encouraging each other with C's but say if I got I mean, this isn't my friends, this is more like other people. If I got a B, everyone's like, oh. But if they got a B, wow. Yeah. It's that different uh, persona. I know. And, like, even internally, I feel like if somebody tells me that they got an A, I'm like, oh, my God, that is so good. But if I know that if I got an A, I wouldn't be happy with. But genuinely, when other people get A's, I'm really proud of them. And I don't know why I have this different, um, like, ranking and, like, 
expectations for myself. I I can't explain that. And people like they're always like, oh my god, that's so hypocritical. But like, it's I not, cannot it's explain genuine. it. Like yeah. I'm genuinely proud of them when they get that. Yeah. All right. So for me, I've like you know I've done pretty well throughout school. I've got pretty good grades. Not always the best, but pretty good, decent good grades. And then you're what comes with that, and you know the teenage mannerisms is you get called like a sweat and a teepee mm-hmm. and like we're not we really aren't sweats yeah. and teepees we're not a teacher's pet the teacher's pet doesn't have to get the good grades a teacher's pet can be completely different yeah Who, I, like, I remember people calling me a teacher's pet and I'm mean like that is so fucking inaccurate I do not do the work to please the teachers for the teachers I do the work for myself yeah and exactly. so be, because I want to do well, because I want to set myself up for a good future. So And I may be technically sweating because I'm trying, but our parents pay a lot of money for us to go to school. Why what's the point in wasting it? We're so lucky that we get education. to go to a good school. We're so lucky that we have the teachers and we have the resources available to us. So many people don't have the opportunity to go to school. People our age are stuck in like working in countries third world countries overseas and they'll never get an education they'll never be able to get out of poverty yeah we're so lucky that we get an education and what's the point in wasting it why not use it to the best of your ability and get that good grade and then get that good ATAR and be able to create a successful future for yourself Mm -hmm. why should you waste it and then yeah those people they're calling you the sweats they're not going to get like the best uh job in the world they're not going to get the best ATAR obviously it doesn't matter if they're happy that's fine but why waste it when so many people don't have that opportunity? Yeah. It's, I just find it so irritating. I know. And then along with other people um, putting that pressure on yourself, it creates a lot of expectation. Yeah. Um, to do well, which is... <laughs> people expect you to do well. Yeah. And, and that leads don't. to stress, like severe stress. It's not um, to impress others in a way. It's to make your, them see you as worthy. I feel like that's the word that, like, fits well. You want people to see you as worthy. Yeah, you're trying to fit in. You're trying to, um, you're trying to maintain this persona that you've made for yourself. The, the, um, the person, you've got a reputation of yeah. getting good grades, so you have to live up to that in your mind's eye. Yeah, and... If you don't get that good grade, you feel like you've failed not only yeah. yourself but everybody else, which isn't true, mm-hmm. and we know that that's not true, but that's just what happens. Yeah. So we've both experienced this ongoing pressure from a young age, being labelled as smart and then feeling like we have to maintain this into our senior education. Yeah. Creates a lot of pressure from yeah. everyone, uh, from your, like your peers, your teachers, family, um, family. Family and friends, you know, it is hard with family because you trust them, you love them, but especially with like our father. Our father, yes, father, if you are listening to this, um, <laughs> don't take this personally. But like, I know that he's he's mentioned things in the past, like I don't care what ATAR you get, as long as it's ducks and it's over ninety five, then it doesn't matter. Like that is so much pressure putting on us. I know. Um, Dad actually had a chat with me this morning about this. Was like, it, um, doing the complete opposite, saying like how it doesn't matter and how he's so proud of, which is a good thing. How yeah, he's, he's so changed proud. a lot. He has changed a lot when he realizes that the amount of stress that it's causing. When we were in year seven and eight, it was 
pretty bad. It's duck, like duck, get, you have to but get your ducks like, every year. No, getting the A plus constantly is really hard when you get into VCE or you get into higher year levels. It's really damaging. It's really difficult to put this amount of pressure on somebody. Yeah. And so now he's been like really proud of us for doing well because it's something he hasn't done. Yeah, because he didn't do school. He he probably came from like a a positive place where he was like just trying to encourage us because he didn't get to um experience the school since he he dropped out when he was 16 to be a farmer back in England but um like I guess it came from a place of encouragement but he didn't realize what um effect it was having on us yeah so I guess now he's more realized yeah realistic that it's yeah it's not realistic to be like oh you're only like good enough if you get ducks and things like that which is obviously not true and putting all your self-worth into your academic success because yeah. like academic success is not everything in your life it should not be what defines you as a character your the way how you much how much you value mm-hmm. yourself exactly you don't need to get a 99 ATAR in year 12 to become a doctor if you really wanted to be like it doesn't matter you don't need to get a 99 ATAR to do anything you want you can do anything that you want year yeah. 12 doesn't matter in the long run. It, like three years after year 12. You can't quote your ATAR to get no. into anywhere. You need and if you're course, still using your ATAR on your resume when you're 30, that does that's pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And um, I feel like I did get into this place of so much like um, pressure on my academic performance because of um, one of the senior teachers at our school, he coordinates higher education mm-hmm. in our school. And I remember going to a talk that was really for Heather. I wasn't meant to be there, but I was just waiting for my talk to begin. So I was there. And it was um, he was saying like how the ATAR and at the end of year 12, it's a ranking, how you have to be the best. Um, it's stupid that we're ranked. Yeah. Because in life, when are you ranked? Yeah. But you're only ranked in year 12 and then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so he said that like, even if you get 99%, somebody else still got the 100% and therefore you fail since you un- you did not get the best. Even if you get a 98 ATAR, well, you didn't get the 99.95, therefore you fail. If you didn't like, and he goes, if you don't get your 40 or 50 study score in a certain subject, then that's not good either. You fail. Yeah. yeah. So it um it put all of this pressure on me and I got really scared after that. I was like, shit, school's a massive thing. And he, like the way he, he said about the doors, he said, if you get, say, a 60 ATAR, you might have one door open for you, but that door won't be very good. And he made it out to be like a cleaner or something yeah. um, with like no qualifications. And then he said, but if you get like a 95 ATAR, you might have 10 doors and 10 doors doesn't even seem like much to me. I was like, shit, that's not You get much. a 60 ATAR, all the doors are open. You get yeah. a 10 ATAR. All the doors are open. Yes, you get there, a ninety nine. All the doors are open. It doesn't matter. It's it, there not are so everything. many different pathways, and he did not mention that at all. And I think that is a massive failure to not mention that to put so much pressure and 
emphasis yeah on this atar which doesn't even matter there's so many other pathways to get into what you want to do if you have the drive to do get into a specific uni course even if you didn't get a massive good atar you there are so many other pathways to get through there if you want to do something and you've got the drive you will get there the atar does not give a fuck it does not matter (laughs) no you can take alternative pathways to get there there is a million roads that lead to a job or career that you really want like you don't need to go step a and step b you could go a c f g back around loop de loop and then you get to b yeah literally it doesn't matter you'll get there in the end and -hmm. it's just about the drive and he also made it seem like year 12 is the be all and end all year 12 is absolutely everything and it's not it really isn't and it's so much external stress external pressure that you don't need when you know year 12 is already really stressful but you don't need that it that mindset that it is everything and if you don't do well then your life's yeah. over type and thing. a lot of people don't even want to go to uni so they want to their dream might to be a farrier so you don't need an ATAR to go there you you spend your time and give your time into learning about horses and you know just experiencing that real world and getting real world experience and getting an apprenticeship or whatever that may be yeah anyway we digress (laughs) (laughs) so that's um i think we should discuss teachers and their Mm -hmm. uh, impact on the constant drilling of that child smart that child smart that child smart yeah um because i remember teachers always compare us to weekday everyone all the teachers get compared it's so unfair to be compared i know you cannot compare two students no, they com- we're completely different people. Mm-hmm. And then it puts more pressure, like if Ellie got a better mark than me on something that I did the year before. Yeah. It makes me feel terrible. And it's like, you didn't need to tell me that. I don't care. She did well. Cool. Like, it doesn't matter that she got a better score than me. We're not going to be ranked together in year 12. Yeah. And we're never going to so, be ranked together in life. Does because it we're going to do our own different... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Exactly. If we were two years apart, we wouldn't be ranked. We wouldn't be compared to each other. Like, I'm not compared to Hamish. Yeah. And you're hardly compared to Hamish either. Yeah, no. Because Hamish is, like, less academic than us two. Yeah. But um, but if we were two years apart, we would never be yeah. compared. Heather's in year 11. I'm in year 10. So I follow right after. I have some of... Well, we quite a few of the same, same teachers. teachers. So they expect... Just even when... As soon as I walk into that classroom, on the very first day, they've already got all of these expectations for me to be a really high achiever as well mm-hmm. since Heather had followed that year before. Yeah, especially with like maths. We've had yeah. pretty similar maths teachers the whole way through and they go, oh, well, I just had this class with your sister and she's doing this. I'm like, okay, your sister just did this test and she did this mark. I'm like, okay, you yeah. don't need to tell me. I know. It's probably not something you should be telling me. Yeah. And it doesn't matter either. So And like from the parents as well, it's like, oh, it's going to be a race to see who gets the best ATAR at year 12. But it's like, no, it's not a fucking race. I'm not being fucking compared. Yeah, like if Ellie got a better ATAR than me, you can't compare yeah, that. Different year levels, different people. It's different times, Yeah, different setting, different environment, different circumstances. Everything's different. You cannot compare yeah. two ATARs. You cannot compare two people. And I know I've, I've felt pressure to like live up to your... Well, like following your footsteps, but like, yeah, I get to um yeah, get fill the shoes that you've laid out, and like it's it just puts all of this pressure on because there's this expectation that we're even from like primary school and stuff, and then it's like the other way around, where's oh your sister's doing this well, you should be doing better, yeah, and it's like okay, 
cool. Yeah. But I know that I've learned over a long time, probably actually in the last year, I've realized that academic success is not everything. Like I think back to at the start of year eight, I was doing so much homework, like so much more than I needed to be doing. Especially like, for year eight. Yeah, especially for year eight. And people tell you this. They tell us like year 12s when they talk to younger year levels, they say, don't stress in year seven, year eight, year nine, you know, don't worry about it. Don't do all this stuff. Just enjoy it. And it's like, you listen to them, but you don't take that in. And now you realize, yeah, I didn't need to do that. Yeah. And it's stupid. I, you should have listened, but you need to experience it for yourself. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, I remember... Like, I remember in, like, year nine, crying over getting an A in English. Oh, my God. Literally crying over getting an A. How dumb is that? Yeah, I know. I have always think, like, even whenever I feel shit about a grade I get, I'm like... But when I'm in uni, am I going to give a fuck about what I got on year eight science? Like, no. Exactly. And even though your parents or your teachers, they don't expect you to be perfect when you're in year seven, eight, nine, ten, or even 12, they don't voice that side. They just voice the fact that you're doing really well and um, probably and like to keep it up. They don't voice that you don't need to be perfect all the time. So as a child, you think that that is what they expect of you, to be perfect. So you work so hard to be that perfect image that you think everyone wants you to be. Yeah, exactly. It's really damaging. Yeah, uh-huh. And because um, as like a younger person, you don't, you don't have any as much perspective on everything. You take the, everything literally. So if your parents say you need to be getting this these grades and being the best, you take that literally and try and follow through with it, putting so much pressure and so much stress on to achieve that when you don't necessarily have to. Exactly. So I've tried to do some digging to find some information on this. and the really... On early academic success. Yeah. And the only real most of the articles are just on it's great it leads to so much uh good skills in the future they have high self-esteem ability skills good your higher self-esteem they say lower levels of depression anxiety you're more socially inclined and you're less likely to be involved in drugs and alcohol they create this illusion that early academic success is so important yeah and it creates a fairy tale world where everyone is perfect that's like definitely you can tell it's from the outside, like yeah. of parents and like um, teachers and pri- like preschool, like looking in and not considering actually what the child, what's best for the child emotionally. And while like some of those things that I've mentioned are true, like uh, drugs and alcohol, we're less likely to be involved in them. Yeah, in a but way. Then is that like your personality though? No, exactly. I could still be. I could be someone that's um very smart and still have a fun time with alcohol on the weekend yeah but it's not really my personality so yeah it doesn't matter so I guess that doesn't that really true for us but I guess that's subjective yeah exactly but I don't think it creates a high self a high I, sense of I self-esteem disagree as well I don't think it creates lower levels of depression anxiety I think it increases those I'm definitely not socially inclined and like so where's the evidence that backs this do they speak to people like us yeah or is this, this is just the external view in it's mm-hmm. not the internal view out yeah I reckon too and say and like yes it is important when you're developing like in kinder and stuff to develop like those social skills and like basic maths and English but then if you label individual kids as smart then they're going to feel like they have to 
um, constantly live up to that standard, that expectation. Yeah, and then it becomes like they're only really working for their external rewards, for people to like them, to for people to accept them and think they're worthy because of their academic success rather than having it as like your internal drive to be successful because you want to yeah exactly so we've sort of talked about how that labeling a child from a young age as quote-unquote smart isn't necessarily the motivation for that what you think it might be because damaging yeah it puts Not so right much thing. pressure. And, like, you hear stories all the time of of those, of those kids that were labelled smart from a young age who were high achievers in primary school because they were put in the smart groups and because their natural ability. Because in primary school, I'd say those that are labelled smart are those with the natural ability. But then as you become come into, like, high school and senior education, more of your results begin to come from reflect the effort you put in rather than your natural ability. So that can be really hard to adjust to because if you've been told you're smart like your whole childhood and it just comes easy to you, suddenly if you don't begin to put in this effort or you you like go downhill fast and your grades reflect this and it can be a really hard thing to adjust to because you're not used to having to put in all this effort. And it just has the complete opposite effect to what like your parents and teachers and are trying to impose. To yeah. Like I don't think your teachers and your parents set out to to like sabotage their kids by calling them smart. But it just has these effects later just, on. Yeah, these side effects. But it does have a damaging effect on mental health and, you know, well being what's realistic. Yeah. And it doesn't give you a good outlook on the world. Yeah. Because if you think that if you tie all of your self-worth down to your academic performance, then if that begins to um, not be a driver in your life anymore or if that begins to go downhill for one reason or the other, then you've got nothing left. And that is not the sort of mindset you want to instill into anyone, let alone your kids or students or the next generation. And a I just think a lot of teachers and parents don't understand that. Yeah. Do you feel like that summed up? I think it did, yeah. I think we summed that up pretty well. We discussed that topic in a lot of detail. So, yeah, that was us talking about why we shouldn't call our kids smart. Yep. It was a good topic to talk about. Yeah, (laughs) I'm very passionate about that. Yeah, Um, (laughs) she says that. Yep, definitely experienced a little bit of that one. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we have set up an Instagram page. So if you want to go follow that one. It's T and Talk Podcast. Yeah, Um, all lowercase T underscore N underscore talk underscore pod. Um, that was a lot of underscores. <laughs> we'll link um, it in description below. Yeah, though, we'll so do. It's easier for you. So that's our Instagram. Feel free to message us with any um, suggestions. Message us with any things you want us to discuss. Yeah, topics that you feel like is important that we could give a view on, or any or any other suggestions about if you want us to discuss anything or know anything more about us. And you can also email us at all lowercase t, as in T-E-A-N, talk podcast at gmail.com.
And so all of those links will be in the description because I'm not sure I said them correctly. So that'll just be <laughs> um, just a little backup. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank I hope you. the audio has been a bit better this time. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like it will continue to improve, I reckon. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Get on to get into the swing of things and yeah. get better at podcasting. Yeah, you know? it's all we've got to start somewhere. It's yeah. all it's all an improvement, all a journey. You know exactly. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is Ellie and this is Heather. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to Teen Talk. Talk. Ah, that was our third time doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs>